Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 175, and we're talking to Baker from Man Vs. Debt. That's right. Uh, we talked to Baker about his and his family's travels around uh, Australia, New Zealand, and Asia, and back in the States, and also about how you can sell your debt and, uh, well, sell your debt, <laughs> sell your stuff, clear up your debt, and uh, travel around the world. Yeah, which is definitely a good thing. I mean, that's what we did before we left, and it's been so much easier not having to think about paying off credit cards or dealing with student loans or anything like that. So what Baker has to say is definitely something you should listen to. We're currently sitting in a backyard in suburban Melbourne with the uh, sound of traffic whizzing by, and uh, it's beautiful and sunny. We're going to have a barbecue, and uh, life is good. You know what? I was just looking on Twitter, and someone said that they'd um, just walked home through a snowstorm. And... <laughs> I hadn't even considered that, yes, on the other side of the world, it isn't summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you're always so so considerate and, <laughs> and thoughtful of others. Well, I suppose we should probably uh, get into the podcast before I make anyone else jealous. So uh, let's get into it. Hey, well, today I'm speaking with Adam Baker from manversusdebt.com. Uh, Baker, welcome to Indie Travel Podcast. Craig, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it seems like forever ago since uh, Linda and I met you and the family in Mission Bay in Auckland. That was that, how long <laughs> it ago was, was I that? Guess it, it's almost a year, isn't it? Um, and so I guess a year in travel terms is like what ten years. So <laughs> it, maybe it has been almost a decade, even though it's only been about twelve months. Yeah, it, it seems it seems far, far, far away. Well, uh, we <laughs> <laughs> wanted to ask you on the show today to talk about. Um, your life because a lot of people think of travel as being expensive but you and and your family actually use travel as a way to to save money and write down write off some of your debts well, I think that um, it, travel is whatever you make it. <laughs> travel is, is sort of – it depends how you approach it. Travel can be extremely expensive. Um, travel can also be very, very, very affordable. Um, I think most people that think that they can't travel are trying to choose the best of both worlds. And, and by that, I mean let me clarify and say that they're trying to have a house and two cars um, and a mortgage and a house full of stuff um, and a job, and then they're also trying to travel. And that does take a lot of money. If you're going to maintain all those things and travel all the time, that, that, that gets extremely expensive. So for Courtney and I, we made the decision to sell everything we own. Um, we did not have a mortgage at the time, but we did have two cars, and we made a decision to get rid of the cars as well. So ours was a sacrifice. We sacrificed the path that we were on, which was the house and the white picket fence and the two cars and the mortgage and the credit cards. We sacrificed that path for one that was travel. So it's a give and it's a give and a take. And by doing that, we were able to travel more affordably um, and more mobily uh, for having less stuff. And so we used that goal as a motivating um, influence to help us pay off our consumer debt and save up some money to travel. Mm, that's cool. Well, can you talk us through a little bit about kind of the, the big picture of, of when you left and where you went? Well, when we left, we had been saving for about tw- 9 to 12 months. So we made our initial decision to sell our stuff and pay off our debt and, and go overseas. Um, and we gave ourselves a year to do that. And this was key because it was also the birth of our daughter, Milligan. And so we wanted to make sure, as all first-time parents, that everything was happy and healthy with Milligan as an infant. So we gave ourselves a year for her to grow, 
um, and develop, and we gave ourselves a year because we had eighteen thousand dollars of debt to pay off. So um, we needed it more than she did, I think. So, um, but uh, to answer your question directly, as we came up to the year. Um, we had intended to spend a year in Cairns, Australia. And for people not familiar, Cairns is on the northeastern coast of Queensland, Australia. And um, it was it is one of, if not the closest city to the Great Barrier Reef. And so Courtney and I were both scuba diving certified. And we thought, wow, this will be cool and adventurous. We'll, we'll go live in um, Cairns, Australia and scuba dive for a year. You know, that kind of, um, I won't say fantasy because it would be very realistic to do. But it was just sort of that um, – it was very appealing. It was very charming to us to have that idea. So yeah, it sounds we like a, a postcard board- kind of life. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a very good way to put it, Craig. And um, so we ended up boarding the plane. Um, it was like 24 hours of flight total with the different connections to get from Indiana to, to Cairns. Um, we got off the plane, and we ended up being there 72 hours. Um, so the year that we were supposed to be in Cairns boiled down to 72 hours before um, things started to get uh, a, a little crazy. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. So um, so Cairns uh, didn't end up happening because we met you living in Auckland in, in New Zealand. That that is true. So um, to continue the journey, I, d- I didn't know if you wanted to to jump into the full the full mix. But to continue <laughs> the journey, um, the reason we weren't in Cairns was primarily my fault, and that is I I uh, messed up the visas or or overlooked an uh, oversight in, into the visas. And what had happened? In case I know a lot of people that uh, listen to this podcast are very uh, travel savvy, so they might bump into the same problem. Is um, the concept of a working holiday visa is where you can work for a year in, in a lot of different countries. You can have a, you can work at least six months in one occupation, and you can work up to a year. And it's very common in Australia and New Zealand, and I think even the U.S. So you can get certain types of visas like this. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, so we want to get a working holiday visa so we could spend this year in Australia. And that's great. It's a good idea. They're actually pretty easy to get, except for the fact that you can't have dependents. So you can so with Milligan disqualified us from getting any of these visas. I missed that little fine print um, until about a month before we left. And a month before we left meant we had already paid off our debt, we had already sold everything, and we already had the plane ticket. So we were we were getting on that plane. Um, so our backup plan was to have Courtney, who is um, who has a degree and who is trained in primary education, tried to find sponsored employment. That means she had to find a school that said yes. We will not only give you a job, but sponsor you, sponsor your visa and your visas for your family. Um, so that was an interesting pursuit, and we, we quickly found out that there was no way that was going to happen in Cairns, Australia. That took us three days to figure out. Um, so we headed down the east coast of Australia, and that's a popular route for people that are familiar with Australia, but we headed down from Cairns to Brisbane. Um, taking buses and heading down and couch surfing with different families along the way. And in each city we stopped, we spent a little time to get to know the city and, and uh, a little time getting to know the school system, <laughs> trying to find a job, trying to see if this was likely to get sponsored. Um, ultimately, we found out that it was not likely. Um, most of the teachers that started in Australia would have to work towards the middle of the country, you know, in the in the desert towns and in the, the outback. And then after a few years, they could move to the coastal city. So we were trying to skip this uh, sort of rite of passage for many teachers in Australia. And um, I, I, we joked that if we wanted to live in the middle of a big country, we would have stayed in Indiana back <laughs> in uh, back at the States. So yeah. we wanted a little bit of the water. So we had uh, done so, we had did some research to decide, are we going to cut this? Is it going to be a one-month or a two-month vacation? 
you know, we want it to be a year, but if things don't happen that way, they don't happen that way. Or is there a way we can kind of stretch this out and really make it a year? Um, and so that's when we, we got turned on to New Zealand. We found out New Zealand was in desperate need, not desperate, but they were in high demand for um, uh, primary teachers, elementary teachers. We found that out at noon one day, um, and, and by 8 p.m. we were on a flight from Brisbane to Auckland. Um, and so we just made a split-second decision, landed in Auckland. We're picked up by another couch-surfing family in Auckland, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize the story by three weeks of going literally door-to-door in schools. So Courtney walked into schools to talk to the principal. Um, she was given a, a job at a decile 10 school, which is one of the, one of the best rankings of schools in the Auckland area. Um, and she ended up working up six months there in Auckland and absolutely loved her time there. Um, so that's sort of how we ended up in Auckland, the, the long version of the story. It's amazing how, um, like a, a bit of small print on a visa that you miss when you look at it even a few times, um, can so, so dramatically change things around. But uh, I'm glad it worked out for you. <laughs> yes, it did, it did. That small print did radically change our life. But um, I'm actually glad that it was there. Um, I'm actually glad things turned out the way they did. Um, it taught us a lot about ourselves, and it taught us a lot about flexibility and the ability to adapt and patience and um, all those things that you get really good at as a traveler, as I'm sure I'm sure you well know, Craig. Uh, but those things were all forced upon us, and so that was a great learning experience, a great growing experience for us. Yeah, I think that's how all travelers learn to become adaptable and flexible. <laughs> yeah. School of hard knocks. Yeah, you have to. yeah. <laughs> smooth well um we do talk to a lot of people on the show who are either single or young couples but we haven't spoke to that many people who are traveling around the world with um with a small child can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on on traveling with a young child um yeah uh i'll say well we didn't have a choice because we had the child and then decided to to travel uh, we had wanted to travel before um uh, but our big thing line of thinking was uh, when we got pregnant let's say let's start here that we thought okay well now we need to settle down now we sort of can't travel and i think that's the philosophy that goes through many people's head now now here's this reason not to travel here's this reason not to not to be mobile because we have a kid and we we knew there were traveling families there's other families that travel with one kid there's other families that travel with three four five kids so we knew that um travel as a lifestyle was possible with young children. Um, and that was mainly from online influences and different books and things that we had read. And so we were exposed to that this was a possibility, which I think is the first step because so many people just automatically assume that it's not possible. Um, and so we sort of knew it was possible but didn't think it was possible for us. <laughs> we were kind of <laughs> there. So um, when she was born, we, we made that decision to try to make it work. So that was our decision. We were going we to pay it on our debt. We we're going to sell our stuff and we are going to try – to make this work then from that decision point it was just how does this work um it wasn't like maybe we'll do it maybe we're not we made the decision to do it now it was time to figure out how we were going to make it work and as it turns out and i think most people will tell you the same most parents will tell you the same it wasn't nearly as hard as we thought it was um and we thought that it was going to be a vulnerability or an obstacle in our life like we will travel but we're going to have to get over this this milligan thing in our life you know we're going to have to find a way to work around this we're going to have to find a way to um more like it, it it's going to be hard but we can do it that was sort of our attitude mm -hmm. um and it was the opposite that we we ended up finding out that 
having Milligan on the travels with us was actually a very empowering experience. It led to many, many, many different reactions that we wouldn't have had. It led to all sorts of opportunities that we wouldn't have had. Um, it led to great family bonding um, that we wouldn't have had if it was just uh, Courtney and I. And, and I joke that um, we thought Milligan was going to need all this like flexibility and she was going to need all this extra attention and we are going to have to do all this flexible and the most uh, she had the best attitude out of all three of us on the trip especially in the early in the early months of that trip um so we thought it was going to this back and it was actually she was pushing us forward she was happy she was um she just wanted to go out and see things and enjoy life and so she was an example for courtney and i on on where we needed to be because we were worried about money and visas and and all this kind of adult stuff um, that that we did work its way out, but we stressed way too much about it up at the beginning, and, and she was a force that helped push us in the right direction. I know that sounds kind of foo-foo, but it really was how, how our situation was when, when we were there. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, um, the the title of your blog is, is Man vs. Debt, um, with the wonderful subtitles, Sell Your Crap, Pay Off Your Debt, Do What You Love, and um, i must say it's been a, a huge inspiration for a lot of people that I've met and we ended up somehow in in that lifestyle accidentally before 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 you wrote about it we uh, we accidentally found the way but um tell us a little bit about uh what you're doing there yeah, well, um, I, I wouldn't say it was accident for us because we did make the decision to do it, but we made the decision in our personal lives before the site. So the site was sort of born out of this decision and our, our sort of our execution on this decision to sell our stuff and pay off our debt and, and travel. So um, when Milligan was born, taking it back to when we made this decision, I had a property management company at the time and I sold my property management company to stay home with Milligan. She, when she was about three, four months old, after it kind of died down, the the newborn baby uh, syndrome for the parents kind of died down. And I looked around, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to do something, basically. Now, like, I love being home with my daughter, but um, I'm ready to do something when she's napping or when she's sleeping, or at least part time. So I was involved in blogs. I was involved in the in the personal finance blogging community because that was a big part of our life. We were paying off this big chunk of debt and, and completely changing our finances. Um, so I decided to start one. And Man vs. Debt, as you could probably tell by the name, started as primarily a personal finance blog. Um, and it was going to be a, a transparent um, and a way for me to stay accountable. You know, and, and that's exactly, again, by the name, Man vs. Debt. This was my story of me being versus this debt and what we were doing as a family uh, to help kind of defeat it. Um, and so that was the premise of the site. Um, and then from there, I started it um, in early 2009. And... Um, and I started talking about personal finance, but as a, the more and more I talked about our story in other areas, like the, the fact that we were selling our stuff, which is somewhat personal finance, but not completely, and um, the fact that we were planning to do this traveling and the, the fact that I was planning to do um, other things, it started to evolve. The audience started to evolve, and people really started to catch on to all these um, topics. And um, I actually thought about starting a separate blog that was going to take that was going to tell about our travels. Because back then, when I was a beginning blogger, I thought, "Oh, I'm talking about personal finance. I can't possibly talk about anything else on this site." You know what I mean? Like this is my personal finance site, and I'll start a different travel site. I ended up not doing that basically because I was lazy. 
Um, we started traveling, and I had this really big 4,000-word post, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to put it up on Man vs. Dad. And if everyone revolts, I guess you know, nothing's lost. You know, I'm not making a bunch of money. I don't have a big, big audience. And it was the smartest thing I did for the blog. Yes. Um, talking about our travels in an intimate, transparent way um, really helped my blog explode. So the tagline of sell your crap, pay off your debt, do what you love is sort of the three realms of – the three areas of topics that I talk about on the blog, and it's really just our life. And that happens to be the three areas of our life right now. That was the commitment we made a couple years ago. That's the commitment we're still trying to make is to minimize um, the effects of consumerism on our life, to uh, to take control of our finances, and to just mercifully or uh, uh, passionately follow um, you know the different things that we're interested in and, and what we feel is our purpose in life at the time. So um, those are our focuses, and that's what Man vs. Dead is about. And so it's sort of just evolved to be to be about our life and about what I'm going through at this point. Mm, and it's um, taken off, really. I mean, you've been featured on all sorts of, of sites in the States, big multinational media corporations and things like that, um, talking to you and talking about you. Um, were you expecting that when you started it off? No, I wasn't. Not at all. I didn't start it to uh, make money. I didn't start it to. I didn't think I was going to build some big community. I didn't think that I would that our story would get mentioned. I didn't know what our story was yet. <laughs> all I knew is that we wanted to go to Australia and we had bought the plane ticket. So I, I didn't know how the story would end up playing out. And um, you know, I, I'm honored and, and uh, you know, taken aback a little bit that such a community has built around it. You know, I'd never written before in my life. I had never been a writer in high school or college. Um, and but I, I think that it's just a testimony to doing what feels right and, and doing. Once you do find out that you're giving value to someone in whatever way that is, for me, it's writing. It doesn't make sense to me, but people. Um, get some sort of value out of my writing. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, people are getting value out of it in some way. And so that pushes me to keep to keep doing it, to keep honing my skills, to keep keep up the site. And, and now I'm lucky that the site is also um, my business as well. Um, and the site has the opportunity to support my family and support our travels. Um, that's a whole other realm. It's not what I intended, but it's something that, that I'm, I'm proud that is developing. And um, so... Yeah, it's just been a it's been a, a, a fast one and a half to two years here, um, but but I'm I'm glad to be on the journey. Um, it's a fun one, and the people involved, such as yourself, you know, we met online and then met in person on on the on the beach, I guess you would say, for a picnic on the beach of Auckland, and that those kind of experiences are the really really cool takeaways from being involved in the blogging community like this. And so I'm just proud that I can have a a blog and a business that's part of that community. Yeah, and it's a it's a very inspirational story. I know that a lot of a lot of our audience are looking to to save for travel and and get out there and do it. So it's great to be able to speak to um to you guys who managed to do it in with such a determined way and in such a short time. Um, yeah, well, thank thank you very much. I want to before we before we close out to talk a little bit about the um the the books that you've got as well as the blog where you write for free you've got um a book on paying off debt and another one on selling all your crap um, is is yeah. do what you love coming up next 
it is actually um uh, you know, that, that's part of the, the genuine model um, of, of building a business is that, you know, I write for free, I share our story, I do all that. And then for people that need premium resources, which is a small percentage of people that are going to take advantage, um, but the people that do need premium resources, like we have those available. And so um, Unautomate Your Finances is the, is the beginning book to, to pay off you know, personal finances to take control of your finances. And that's basically the way we did it. And uh, recently released Sell Your Crap, as you mentioned, and that's the guide to eBay and Amazon and Craigslist. And those might not sound familiar, as familiar to you, familiar, but not as familiar as Gumtree and some of those other resources on that side of the world. But it's basically all the same thing. Um, it's basically the mentality um, that goes behind purging your crap. The why. Why would you want to do it? What are the benefits? The mentality that you need and the process of doing that is all the same. Some of the tools may be different, but that's all the same. And then um, I, the next phase of premium products on man versus debt will be aimed at helping people quote unquote do what they love in whatever fashion i'll be doing some um consulting which i've been doing behind the scenes for small businesses and bloggers um, i'm going to publicly be doing some consulting options towards the end of this month and then i'm going to be looking to create a product that helps people build momentum around an idea um, and so the whole concept is, is whether you're a blog or whether you're launching a whether you're a business that's launching a new product line or whether um, you're just a guy and you don't have a blog, you don't have a business, you just have a really cool idea. I want to help people build momentum. I don't want to be like some some mighty high and mighty business coach. I don't want to be a personal life coach. I want people. I want to help people hone an idea learn how to frame it, and build momentum around it. And so that's what I'm most interested in being sort of that do-what-you-love part of my site, as far as at least a premium part of my site. And so um, consulting will happen in, in, in probably the next few weeks, actually, and so I don't know when this podcast will go up, but <laughs> consulting will happen very soon. Um, but uh, in the next few months, I'll look to do a, a tangible, downloadable um, sort of site about uh, about building momentum. Mm. Very cool. Well, Baker, thanks so much for coming on Nitty Travel Podcast and sharing everything from travel to, to finances to, to your business. And our love to Millie and Courtney. And yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. Yes, no problem. And um, it's a pleasure, Craig. And we need to make sure we catch up more often because uh, I'm a big fan of yours and Linda's and what you guys are doing. So um, keep me in the loop and hopefully we'll talk, uh, we'll talk here soon. Thanks again to uh, Baker for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast. It was great to catch up with him after over a year of, of not seeing each other. Yeah, we were lucky enough to catch up with him in New Zealand. We had a picnic on uh, near, the, near the fountain of Mission Bay. It was really nice. It was. So you can find Baker at uh, manversusdebt.com and find his two books, uh, Sell Your Crap at indietravelpodcast.com slash sellyourcrap and Unautomate Your Finances is at indietravelpodcast.com forward slash unautomateyourfinances. Yeah, really inventive. Original titles. <laughs> Those URLs there. <laughs> Hey, over the last uh, week, we've, uh, we're obviously in Melbourne now, so we've finished off our tour of Laos uh, with Stray Asia, um, indietravelpodcast.com forward slash stray underscore Asia. And, uh, we that did, one's a bit uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a couple of cool bike tours around yeah. Bangkok and Utia uh, with, I can't remember the names of the tour companies. The first one was Grasshopper Tours, and they actually share an office with Stray in Bangkok. So if you find Stray, big orange sign, you found Grasshopper. They're definitely worth doing a tour with. We went on a tour with Seam, who was on our stray tour, and we met up with him, and he's also a tour guy with Grasshopper. And it was just incredible. We hadn't spent much time in Bangkok before, but it hadn't really formed a positive impression on us. 
you know, I suppose mostly because we only spent 12 hours the first time and we'd only been there for six by the time we started the, uh, the bike tour. And we'd basically been centred around Kelsan Road, which is not a nice place to be. So um, when, we, when we set out and we went around the canals and we visited a hidden temple that had been lost for 200 years and all sorts of cool things... It was just amazing. It was we saw a different side of Bangkok, a side we never thought we would have seen. Hmm. And then we went out to Utia, the old capital, with uh, Utia boat tours. Yeah, it was U- Utia boat and travel. Yeah. And they were really good as well. They picked us up from the um, minibus station, took us back to their office in a tuk-tuk, sorted us out with a, a bike, and then took us on a great tour around the what was uh, Thailand's second capital. And um, we learned a lot about the reclining Buddha, and um, yeah, we got to see a lot of interesting temples. And then we got put on a boat where we had the most amazing lunch. Oh my goodness. Fish cakes to die for and all that uh, prawn and asparagus thing. So nice. Yeah, it's quite a shock coming back to Australia and um, getting real prices for food and drink again. Yeah, I just want to keep thinking about Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, much, much better. Hey, we're going to go. Happy uh, Turkey Day to the Americans out there and happy Black Friday shopping. (laughs) Remember, if you are shopping in line, uh, visit IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Amazon for Amazon.com or slash hostels slash hotels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And uh, you can help us out that way. Yeah, we really appreciate it when you do that because we get a small commission for anything you buy once you click those links. Yeah. So. And we've got an awesome uh, community forming up on Indie Travel Podcast. There's 22 members now, I think, <laughs> as we speak. Uh, people beginning to introduce themselves, make new travel friends, talking about their travel tips, asking questions in the forums. Uh, that's really clicking along. So in one week we've got 22 members and we'd love you to join us. So come by IndieTravelPodcast.com and uh, you can sign up there and add your two cents or ask your questions. Yeah, you can join using your Facebook account, so it's really easy. It's just a matter of clicking one button. All right, well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.